Better watch out, better not cry, better not pout, I'm telling you why, that the fog is coming to town. He's making a list, he's checking it twice, he's gonna find out who's naughty or nice. This is Sabrina Marie, host of the Building Abundance Success Series. Our spotlight, as you hear, is on Landon Murphy Jr. He's ringing in the holiday season, and we have a merry holiday healthy season with our house dog, Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum. You've seen him featured on Ricky Lake, CNN, Good Morning America, Oprah and Friends, and the Dr. Oz Show. To find out more about Jacob, go to his website, vitality101.com. Jacob and I are coming at you right now. Jacob, welcome back. Uh, Sabrina Marie, always a pleasure to be on with you. We have a lot of holidays, a lot of celebration, and a lot of topics to talk about, about uh, the energy crisis that many people face during this time of year. We should go, it it bodes well to celebrate it well and to have a lot of fun in the holidays. So we'll talk about how to do that, um, but still stay healthy, absolutely. Wonderful. Talk about exercise and the importance of uh, keeping our cool and how it can help us keep our cool this holiday season. Absolutely, because what people tend to do is they start their New Year's resolutions, and sometimes they like to start them early, you know, right before the beginning of the holiday season. And that's not the time to do it when it comes to saying I'm going to lose weight or I'm not going to eat this and this anymore. Um because going into the holidays, you want to be able to eat. You want to be able to enjoy yourself. And that's what it's about. It's actually a good, healthy thing to be doing that. So, you know, you want to keep your weight maybe stable or not go up too many pounds. So here's the thing, though. What you can start while still keeping all your pleasure is to begin an exercise program. And, again, exercise does not mean doing something you hate. Because if you do something you hate, I guarantee you, you will not stick with it and you're wasting your time. Instead... Resolve to find things that you enjoy. Uh, for example, my wife and I, there's a walking trail of a beautiful view that we like to go, that we go and do our walks on. Um, but there's other things that are great exercise, uh, things such as shopping. Uh, don't park right near the doors. Park at the other end of the parking lot and go through the entire mall or through a number of places for shopping. And it actually will give you a, a good walk. Um, other forms of exercise. Um, sex is one that comes to mind. It's a favorite of mine. It's uh, it can be a really good workout. And uh, there's all these things. So find time. The key is instead of depriving yourself, start to add things in that are going to begin the health process, but that will be fun to do and let you enjoy the holidays. Uh, a simple tip: spend fifteen dollars and get yourself a pedometer. These simple things clip on the belts. Uh, you don't need wires anymore. And you want to start uh, watching the number of steps you take each day and aim to increase it by just 50 steps a day uh, until you're up to that magic 10,000 steps a day. That's five miles total walking. Don't aim to start there. Just add 50 steps a day. Uh, I, I remember, Sabrina, when I first uh, was looking at, at the exercise component, because I'm pretty good about most of, of walking my talk, but i got to sometimes push myself off to get on the walking trail, um, and I work out of the home. So i got a pedometer. And I clipped it on. At the end of the day, I took a look to see how many steps I had done, you know, 5,000, 6,000, 7,000. I took a look, and it was like 587 steps for the whole day. So, my God. Wow. So, I had to, like, mm-hmm. get off my butt. Yeah. And, and that that got me onto the trail once I realized that. And But, again, find things 
that are fun and make an appointment with a friend that's going to meet them every Tuesday and Thursday or Monday, Wednesday, Friday at this time. Because if you have an appointment to meet somebody, you're more likely to show up as opposed to blowing it off. I had been reading that the moderate physical activity that we could be doing this exercise is uh, really endorsed by the Mayo Clinic and many other studies. Uh, tell us about the benefits of exercise on many conditions that we may have or our loved ones may have. Oh, uh, all kinds of things. I mean, if you look at heart disease, um, lowering cholesterol levels, I think cholesterol levels are kind of ridiculous in terms of the way we do them. We use them to solve useless medications, but uh, it will lower blood pressure. It will decrease the risk of diabetes, which is a major problem. It can increase immune function. It will decrease depression. It has numerous health benefits, and if you do the exercise outside in the sunshine, that gets even better because you're going to get more vitamin D, which has been shown to decrease cancer, decrease heart attack and strokes, decrease the risk of Alzheimer's disease, decrease pain, uh, decrease autoimmune diseases, uh, decrease diabetes. It has incredible health benefits. Um, so not just go for the walk. Do it outside in the sunshine. I read in your book you say that uh, less than 5% of American adults meet the standard exercise requirements of 30 minutes of moderate to intense activity daily. Um, you would think with all the hustle and bustle of our fast-paced society, we'd be getting a lot more exercise. Why do you think that is? I think the main exercise that most people get is the remote control finger, the you know, <laughs> put that stuff on the gas pedal, and maybe the finger that handles the mouse on the computer. But outside of that, um, unless you like pick yourself up out of the sofa of the chair and get outside and get to do stuff. Um, if you don't have a job that entails physical activity and you don't schedule it in, when's it going to happen? Mm. You hear about this targeted heart rate when you exercise. Is that yeah. really important? Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's funny, Sabrina Marie. We have all these things. It's like people ask, well, how many glasses of water should I drink each day and have a target heart rate and all of these things. And, you know, by the time you're done doing all these things, you're so busy doing all that, we're going to find time to actually live life and enjoy it. You know, that's not how to spend life. And there's some people with specific diseases where they may need to monitor that and not go about that. But overall, go outside and just enjoy yourself. You know, if you're wondering, well, am I doing a bit too much? There's a simple test. Uh, if you can still talk without being breathless while you're doing the activity, you're doing a fine level. Um, but beyond that, don't count your heart rate and see how many birds can poop while you're It's just, it's just, <laughs> it. just go in and, and enjoy yourself and do stuff. That's the key thing. Um, I still remember, and you know, my focus is fibromyalgia is a major area, and, and um, you know, the experts would be on stage talking about live within the hoop. Here's a circle, draw around you. Don't bend outside the. They say no. Get the hell out of the hoop. <laughs> Go and just get your life and enjoy it. Don't don't make yourself nuts with all these you know things that people will talk about on the news and elsewhere. When people are out, uh, not just during the holidays, but just in general, I mean, you know, we're exercising, we want to cool off, I mean, water's optimal, but that's not what people grab, and uh, with this human energy crisis, you talk about our horrible nutrition, and that really can zap our energy, but over the holiday, we'll be cooking. On these birthdays, we're cooking and baking or buying wonderful sweets, and uh, 
Well, I know you know where I'm going with this. What do you got to say about that? <laughs> well, two different pieces of it. Uh, one is in terms of what to drink. Uh, my preference tends to be tequila, but you know, if you're out there, <laughs> what, what I'm going to tell people is avoid the sodas. If you're going to get a soda, go for a diet soda, preferably one like Zevia. That's all natural with a natural uh, stevia as a sweetener. Um, but you don't want sodas. You don't want fruit juices. You have a whopping three-quarter teaspoon of sugar per ounce. So if you're drinking one of those 48-ounce Big Burp sodas, that's 36 spoons of sugar you're pouring down your throat. Um, we mentioned before, don't count glasses of water either. How do you tell? If you need water, check your mouth and lips. If they're thirsty, drink. Um, if you're tired... Also, take 8 to 12 ounces of cold water. Um, you'll find when you drink it, if you're thirsty, if you're dehydrated, it's going to go down pretty quickly. Where if you're not dehydrated, you're going to find you're just taking little sips. Now, in terms of food, it's the holidays, people. It's meant to be enjoyed. It's a good, mm-hmm. healthy thing. Joy is a good, positive, healthy thing. The trick is to go ahead and to realize that most of the pleasure comes from the first two, three bites of something that you have. At that point, you've saturated your taste buds, and you're not really tasting it anymore. You're just stuffing your face. So a couple key tips. Number one, eat whatever you want. You have dessert to die for, death by chocolate. Go for it. But just take a small portion. And what I find is if I have that portion in my hand on a plate, I can walk away from the serving dish. I can walk anywhere in the world, you know. But if I'm standing by the surfing plate and I, I'm feeling guilty about it, I shovel it all in my mouth real quick, I suddenly realize I've never, I didn't really taste it. I was so busy feeling guilty and worrying about it. And, well, there's the serving dish. I'll just take a little more and a little more. And by the time you're done, it's all gone. You haven't tasted a bit of it. So take a small portion. You know, when I'm going around the buffet at the holidays, I'm going to take small portions of the desserts. Um, you know, I'll, I'll stock up on the meat and protein stuff and the veggies. Uh, but I get small portions of each of the desserts that I like. I will walk away from the serving dish and savor it with no guilt. And mm. I get more pleasure than I used to when I inhale the whole pie. The point number two to remember, go with moderate portions of the main dishes. You know, go load up on the veggies and the meat is a perfectly good thing. The turkey and the rest, it's all good stuff. Um, it's okay to load up on those. Um, but when it comes to the starches, things like that, go with small portions. Now, when you take it and you think, well, this is a small portion, is it going to be enough? Here's your rule of thumb. You can always go back and get seconds. You just need to wait 20 minutes. And this is a good rule of thumb throughout the year. Go, you know, go with a small portion, even if you're out at a restaurant. Sometimes I'll have them wrapped half of the dinner before I have, even have them bring it to the table because we have American-sized, super-sized portions. Um, and you can always get seconds if you wait 20 minutes. But it takes 20 minutes for the stomach to tell the brain that, hey, guys, we're full. And it mm-hmm. just takes that long for the chemical messenger to be developed and get up there. Um, and that 20 minutes in between, you keep stuffing your face, and then 20 minutes later, it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe I ate that whole turkey thing. You know? um, so you can always get seconds. Just wait 20 minutes. And that'll make it easy to go, okay, I'll go with a modest-sized portion. And 20 minutes later, you're not going to want seconds. If you do, go get it. No problem. You say we have a happiness deficiency, and I know that during the holiday, it's supposed to be a happy and joyous time. And you're talking about eating and having a great time and whatnot. But 
also you mentioned some people who, you know, have that tendency to, to overeat and they blame themselves. And uh, I like when you talk about in the happiness deficiency area of your book here, you talk about blame hurts you in the book, Real Cause, Real Cure. Can you tell us to the audience about that when uh, we're trying to do the right things for ourselves, eat well, and um, enjoy the holidays and whatnot? There are a lot of people that do blame themselves once they, you know, fall off the wagon, so to speak. You know, it's funny. I, I, I grew up in a seminary, and it was a Hasidic basically school and it was one of those morning to make kind of things and the old rabbis who were my teachers and they had beards going down to their belly button and big black hats and the black robes and a traditional yeah. school and you know that you had all the kosher laws and these laws and the others but they had a simple statement they said if you do not enjoy all the pleasures that god has made available to you unless it's something prohibited you know by law if you're not thoroughly enjoying all the pleasures of life you are insulting mm-hmm. your host Whoa. You know? And, you know, it's an interesting way of looking at it because there's a camp, don't eat this and don't eat that. But, you know, it, life is meant to be eaten with, and enjoyed with gusto. Why do you think whoever created us or whatever created us put it all here? You know? And if there's nobody that's created us and nobody cares, then why do you feel blame anyway? So either way, it's really good to enjoy pleasure. Um, and when you do it, you know, Mark Twain put it simply too. You know, he said moderation in all things including moderation. Sometimes it's really good just to have a blowout. So I'm going to recommend that you give up six things for the holidays. And I tell you, you will be so much healthier for doing that. I'd like, I'm going to invite you as a doctor to give up guilt, blame, fault, comparisons, judgments, and expectations. Give up those six wow. things. So stop blaming yourself and others. Make life a no-fault system. You know, everybody thinks they're doing the right things, even if we screw up sometimes. Um, don't start comparing one thing to the other. Everything is different. Make comparisons. For, it just breeds crazy thinking and making you feel bad. And no two things are the same. The comparisons are really pretty meaningless. You know, so don't compare yourself with other people. Let go of the expectations on yourself and others. You, you know, it's one of the things I learned. You know, we we go through life, Sabrina Marie, with these expectations on ourselves. We need to be worthy of getting food and approval and all these other things. We need to be this and we need to do that and all these trips we lay on ourselves. And then I look at my cat <laughs> and I say, Kobe cat, what expectations do you have on yourself to be worthy of of your cat food today. And he just looks his paws and looks at me like, are you crazy? He's like, huh? And goes back to looking at his paws. You know, it's just, uh, he's, we're worthy of stuff because either it's here or we're loved and blessed or whatever you want to look at it. There's nothing we could do to be worthy of the sunrising in the morning. Seriously, what do we have to do to be worthy of sunrise? Or having enough air or water? It's a silly way of looking at it. It's a human thing. I don't know of any other animal that even thinks in those terms. And the reason we think in those terms is not because it's a good and right way to do. It's just a trip that we have laid on us to make other people happy. Well, to make our school teachers happy, we should. And to make society happy, we should do this. And oh, screw them. <laughs> just enjoy yourself. And you'll know if something is authentic, which is really what I invite people to look for, to be yourself. And how do you know if it's authentic? If it feels good, 
It's authentic to you. And you'll say, well, shooting up heroin feels good. I'm saying, yeah, but five hours later, a day later, so you're going to feel lousy. You know? Right. So if you feel good overall, if there's something that feels good to you, that's your psyche's way of saying, this is authentic to you. Now, your brain can be saying, but you should do this. Your brain is like throwing up all of this, you know, bonding all of this programming you had as a child all over you. And just, that's where we talked about what to drink and my favorite drink. That's when the tequila comes in really good. A couple shots of that. <laughs> you turn that choker monkey in your mind off and go back to checking with your feelings to what feels good. And if you do that, I'm going to tell you, you're going to be healthier and you're going to be happy. Many people don't uh, put the connection of feelings and physical uh, uh, body aches and chronic fatigue and other things that they have. Can you talk about the mind-body connection? Yeah, the two sides of the same penny, you know. <laughs> you know the <laughs> mind and the body are not two different things. They're, all, and it's, they're both interconnected. And this whole dichotomy, is it mental or is it physical, it came about because the insurance companies pay differently for health problems that are mental versus physical. So mm-hmm. there's this financial motivation to turn things into being psychological and mental diseases. Um, therefore, because then the insurance companies don't have to pay or don't have to pay as much. Like disability policies for physical disability are covered for a lifetime, but for a mental disability, two years and you kick off the rolls. So you have that, and then they kind of encourage doctors to think that way, and they also you know, err on the side of that if you don't know what's wrong with a the person, they're crazy. I mean, that's really the approach that's given. And it's 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 downright abusive. I mean, when the doctor comes in and says, I'm sorry, I don't know, that's an honest statement. Like people with fibromyalgia, they go in and they say, I'm tired, achy, weight gain, brain fog, cold and tolerant, can't sleep, um, have numbness, tingling, and all these symptoms that the doctor can't tie together because they they haven't been taught about. They can't even pronounce it like fibromyalgia, you know. So, um, <laughs> so you know, some doctors will say, honestly, I'm sorry, I don't know. And that's a good, honest statement. Others will say, I don't know, so you're crazy. You know, they get that presumption uh, where you get the feeling like, and the, your family members and those with you start to get the feeling you're crazy from the doctor. And that's just nasty and abusive. Um, used to have the same thing, multiple sclerosis, uh, used to be called hysterical paralysis, and then we had tests that became, that showed abnormal, and suddenly it went from being hysterical women to being, uh, MS. The same thing with rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, and now we're doing it to women with fibromyalgia. Uh, all of these, of course, are diseases of women, and if you look at the word, medical word hysteria, it comes from the word hystero, which means uterus. Uh, to give an idea of the medical perspective, which is really pretty warped. Um, you know, so the mind and the body for all illnesses, I think, are wrapped together. Um, and even people who had a car accident, you know, you'll find, you know, people say, well, somebody hit me and it was an accident. How could it be a psychological thing? Well, I see all the time. You know, when I treat people with fibro and other, I, I see people with complex diseases that other doctors can't help them with. Um, and using a mix of natural prescription things, I'm really good at getting them better. Um, but I found early on in my practice, if all I did was treat the physical component and did not treat the psychological component that was underlying it, I could get the person better. And they'd be better for six months or something. But then almost invariably, something else would come and knock them out of the game. Very often it was an auto accident, always the other person's fault. 
always. I don't remember once that it wasn't another person's fault. But in other people who didn't have these problems, they weren't having accidents. Hmm. So it's, you know, you need to treat components of both. And with fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, um, very often people were in a toxic situation and their mind kept saying, well, you should do this, or you have no choice. And their psyche said, really? And it pulled them out of the game. You know, whether it was a toxic job or a toxic uh, relationship. Um, you know, so often, you know, you'll see people, women who are in jobs they hate, they have children that are taking, being cared by other people who are starting, their children are calling the babysitter mommy, and they're coming home, and they can't leave the job because, oh, we need the income, and da 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 And their psyche says, eh they're out of here. And I'll tell people, you know, if you get better so you can go back to what made you sick in the first place, your body's going to take you out of the game again. So whatever illness you're looking at, cancer, uh, uterine cancer, associated with a hopeless, helpless personality, heart attacks, associated threefold increased risk of heart attacks, and people who have repressed anger and rage. Um, so does that make them psychological diseases? Of course not. Um, the distinction is meaningless. So the question, a really hard question to ask when you have an illness, but ask yourself, and let it be honest, you know, you're not going to tell anybody the answer, is how does this illness serve me? And it's not just illness, any situation in life. And you can be sitting there ready to die, and, you know, we create our own situations and our own reality. So once you understand how a situation serves you, if you can have the courage to decide, well, I'm going to have create that anyway, no matter what the heck anybody else thinks, I have the right to create that for myself. You'll find the illness will tend to find a way to disappear. Somebody will find just the right medicine or some other situation will come up, you'll get better. Um, and I find that if I treat the physical and the psychological components at the same time, using a mix of both natural and traditional um, and standard medication, all these other things, uh, I use a whole toolkit. That's when healing can occur really profoundly. And people not just... Now, get healthy, they get happier. They, they, they claim, they claim the life that they love. And to me, that's what it's really about. Wonderful. I was reading in your book, there are 85,000 chemicals added to our diet. No, in the environment. Oh There's 85,000 chemicals that are being put into the environment, whether it's air, plastics for plastic water bottles, into the food, into sofa treatments, all kinds of things. We live in the age of chemistry, you know. And these are chemicals that were not part of our human experience until 100, 200 years ago. These are totally new, and our immune systems have never faced these before. They're a very novel thing. Um, so we need to give our immune system and our body help in dealing with them. Uh, many of the chemicals block hormones. So we need to realize that, okay, people are going to be more prone to having low thyroid, low adrenal, low testosterone, low estrogen, uh, despite normal blood tests. So sometimes you'll need to make the diagnosis, most of the time actually, by looking at the symptoms. That's not rocket science. Tired, achy, weight gain, cold intolerant, but slow thyroid. And I get irritable and hungry, and as uh, people around you realize they have three minutes to feed you, sometimes uh, it's like a light switch goes off, you're going to kill them. That's slow adrenal. Um, your symptoms 
are worse around your period, well, that's when the hormones are the lowest. So if it's PMSE, it's low progesterone. If it's brain fog, achiness, uh, poor memory, poor sleep, um, it's low estrogen. It's not rocket science. Um, so people go, it's funny, the, I, I, uh, on the t- on the media and all the things that they want to make people afraid of everything it seems. So it's like, and they're getting away from that. Fortunately, it's uh, that's starting to shift. People are getting tired of it and telling them to go kiss off, and they do that. Um, but it's almost what you'd be afraid of today. Today, panic about this and this guy. I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, it's it's been very. There is no time in human history. If I could pick any time to be living in human history, it would be now. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. You're going to give mm-hmm. up your cell phones? You're going to give up your computers? I'm not going to. Going to mm-hmm. give up your cars? <laughs> you know, Pride the steering wheel away from my cold, dead fingers, you know? Um, <laughs> I, I love the modern life. And, and does it have challenges? Every generation has that. So instead of, oh, my God, be afraid, be very afraid, you know, it's, it's look, these are, we have a lot of strengths that we're given in this generation, and there are certain challenges, so being aware of those we can help our body to adapt. So you give your body the nutrition it needs. I like to use a good multivitamin. I use a vitamin powder uh, called the Energy Revitalization System. So it's one drink instead of a handful of pills for nutritional support. And I give my body nutritionally what it needs to detox. So the liver and the other parts of my body have what they need to clear out this extra stuff. Um, I know to keep an eye if there's evidence of hormonal problems, I'm going to give the bioidentical hormones that are going on. And, you know, the simple things like that where if there's problems, keep an eye out. And they're not hard to address if you know what you're looking for and how to treat them. Um, so it's a different way of looking at things. It's it's a great time to be living. What are the challenges? And what do I want to give my body so it can better handle those? Something's like eight hours sleep. Uh, it used to be if you wanted to get somewhere, you got on your feet and out the door and you walked. Well, okay, so now you need to set up time to exercise. Those are the challenges of, of this uh, century. So once you know that, it's like, okay, so what? I can do those. Mm-hmm. Now with this holiday and or any celebrations we have in life, and we are very excited. And many times we're working and hustling and bustling and getting gifts and shaking hands and seeing people we haven't seen in a while. The times leading up that to that time and through that time, uh, some people may have insomnia naturally. Some people may not be able to get to sleep. Sometimes people don't get enough sleep. Can you tell us some of the repercussions when we just don't get the adequate amount of sleep? Well, we talked about things that are different in this century. So if you go back 130 years ago, the average night's sleep until 130 years ago in the United States was nine hours a night, average. What happened then? Light bulbs. <laughs> Since then, we've got radio, TV, computers, Facebook, Twitter, and you know, on and on. We're now down to six and three quarters hours sleep a night. Uh, wow. That's a thirty percent pay cut to our bodies. And the consequences of that, besides for fatigue and brain fog, are increased pain because our repair systems are working while we're asleep to fix the normal strains and little micro tears and things that go on uh, throughout the muscles in the body and, and during the day. That also recharges our neurotransmitters. So there's more prone to depression and poor mood if you're not sleeping. Um, it also recharges our immune function. Uh, one of the most effective ways to immune suppress an animal is sleep deprive it. Um, 
Also, during sleep, we make growth hormone and leptin. These are the fountain of youth hormone and the and the uh, appetite uh, molecule as well. So, when people don't get enough sleep, they age quicker. They gain mm-hmm. an average six and a half pounds, um, and because their appetites go up. Um, so, there's all these different things. Why uh, you know that sleep are critical for uh, the reasons. So, the thing is, number one, how do you make time for sleep? Life has gotten very, very full. And here's what you do. You know, I tell people, but you need to take time to sleep. Most people immediately think of, okay, well, I need to give up. And they list the things they love. And it's like, no, haven't you heard what I've been saying? I say, make a list of the things in your life and have two columns. Things you love, that feel good, things you hate. And the things that, that don't feel good column, you, you, you take the ones that you would be arrested or homeless if you don't do, leave those for later. And you look at those things like uh, attend 37 meetings and be at all of these school events for all the kids and all, you know, and some of them are enjoyable, but some of them not really. And for, you know, the kids love to have you be there sometimes, but I have five kids. They don't need to be there all the time. So you start and then watching the evening news and how many people really feel good watching CNN and Fox and MSNBC. I find I can watch any of them and I enjoy it for about three minutes and I find I'm grinding my teeth. And so when it stops feeling good, well, why would you watch it? You know, they say, oh, well, to be informed. You're going to waste time watching it to be misinformed? They say, no, informed. They said, informed? Have you ever channel surfed between the three networks? Watching you cover the same event? You think on three different planets, at least two of them are what's the medical term, FOS. And yeah. I'll tell you, all three of them, it's, it's a fiction. It's meant to entertain and to engage you so that you don't turn it off. So you'll watch it so they can sell advertising. And it's not informing you. If you want to know what's going on, look out your window. Um, so if it doesn't feel good to be watching the news and other things on TV, turn it off. Or switch to the comedy network. So as you cut out things that you really don't like in life, and then you can say, well, it was doctor's orders. Use me as a bad guy. You know, make, you know, that's your excuse for doing it. You know, and the chairwoman of the committee on the thousand ways to waste everybody's time sees you coming down the street and you notice everybody's ducking into the alleys and, and alleyways and you're stuck there like a deer in the headlights. And she comes up and says, so we need you to chair this committee for this and this and this. And, and your, your gut is going, run away. No. <laughs> and your mouth is going, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, catch rid of those things. Cut them loose. And you won't miss them for a second, seriously. And take that extra time and take the time for sleep. So aim for your eight hours a night. Some people need nine. Some need seven. You'll know by what feels good to you. If you feel great on seven hours sleep a night, that's fine. Uh, but what I'm going to recommend is, you know, take an extra hour to sleep uh, or for a couple days. And see how much better you feel. If you don't feel any different, then you don't need it. But if you find you go like, God, I feel better. I feel awake and alive and happy. Um, cut out the things you don't like. Make the extra time for sleep. If you have trouble falling asleep, because stress can cause insomnia, um, it suppresses control center in the brain called the hypothalamus, blah, blah, blah. That's the sleep center. It can cause insomnia. So what do you do? Easy. There are natural herbs that are really awesome at helping people fall asleep. So if you have insomnia, write this down. Um, my favorite is a mix of six herbs. It's called the Revitalizing Sleep Formula. Get it at any health food store. You can get it at endfatigue.com. Um, and two to four at bedtime, 
most people will be sleeping like puppies. Uh, the smell of lavender. You can take a lavender oil and put one spray on or two on your pillow or put a drop on your upper lip under your nose. The smell of lavender helps sleep. You can even get lavender in a capsule. So product called Calm Aid. Uh, that's a nature's way product, one, one tablet at that time. Um, for those of you who find that you're tired all day, you get irritable and hungry, and then when bedtime hits, you know, it's 10 o'clock outside at night, your head hits the pillow, and your brain is, is going at a mile a minute, and it thinks it's acting like it's morning. Well, that's your adrenal day-night cycles or shift, or shift of the herbs ashwagandha and phosphatidylserine, simple product called Sleep Tonight. Uh, take one or two of those, you'll know the first couple nights, uh, because that'll help lower the cortisol, your body's natural stress hormones, so you can go to sleep. Um, and then other people find they wake up at 2 in the morning. You know, they wake up in the middle of the night. Well, often that happens because it drops in blood sugar. Easy test for that. You take eat a hard-boiled egg before bedtime or eat some cheese or some meat, any high-protein snack, one-ounce snack, a handful of nuts uh, before bedtime. And if that takes the edge off that, it makes it less likely to happen after a couple of nights, you're dropping your blood sugar. So not a high-carb snack that'll wake you up, high-protein snack. So there's a lot of simple things you can do. And my book, The Fatigue and Five Miles of Solution, and you can find this online as well at nfatigue.com, vitality101.com. All of the, the information is out there. It's pretty readily available. Um, it's very easy to get your solid sleep and to tailor simple natural things to help you sleep, and you're going to feel so much better. And that's just where you feel better. You're going to lose weight and you're going to look better. So I, to me, if it's between feeling great and uh, watching CNN battling Fox saying, be afraid of this today. It's like, give me that remote control. I am so over them. <laughs> Click, you know? <laughs> what are some of the secrets you know in terms of uh, having our sweet treats over the holiday? Are there some great sugar-free ones that are your favorites? What can you tell us? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> if you want uh, sugar-free uh, chocolate to die for, um, and you can get the Russell Stover. Those are pretty good. But if you want, like, sugar-free chocolates to die for, uh, there's two. There's Abdullah Candies. It's abdullahcandies.com. And then there's Rocky Mountain Candy Factory. So it's rmcf.com. And they have mostly regular chocolates, but they have pages of sugar-free chocolates. Go to those. You will not feel the least bit deprived. These are, like, melt-in-your-mouth awesome kind of ones. And people say, well, should I do the dark chocolate? You can, but just any any chocolate's fine. You know, the studies show that you can decrease heart disease probably about 30 times more effectively by eating a, an ounce of chocolate each day than by taking cholesterol-lowering medication. Just to put this in perspective, by the way. Uh, I think chocolate's a health food. Um, now, the one thing about the sweetener and most sugar-free chocolates, uh, the, the sweetener is maltitol, and that has a bit of a laxative effect. So you will find... That because it is not a low-calorie food, it is it is self-regulating. If you eat too much and you see people are wearing gas masks around you, God, that's not <laughs> too much. So you know, go go with those in moderation. And I'm going to tell you, if you want, you know, you put in column A, take heavy-duty medications to lower cholesterol, salt restrict, avoid eggs. You know, the standard medical advice. And that's column A. And column B is to enjoy chocolate with a glass of red wine. In a hot bathtub with some bath salts or Epsom salts, lighting some candles around and soaking and savoring the chocolate in the evening. Which of those two do you think is more likely to have you living longer and healthier? 
I take the chocolate. <laughs> Star number two, the research shows that the first list that I gave you has very little effect on, on decreasing heart attack deaths and helping health, while the latter uh, scenario I painted decreases the risk of dying of heart attack and stroke and other uh, significant illnesses and uh, very, very powerfully and prolongs life. So the uh, other things, now for Russell Stover, there's, you know, you have granola bars, which are really like sugar on a stick, I mean, it's, not, it's nasty. Um, mm-hmm. But if you, uh, Russell Stover does have, uh, it's a new line of granola bars that are sugar-free and they're chocolate cinnamon, there's two different flavors. Um, I remember my wife and I found them a couple of weeks ago. We were stopped at the long supermarket back here in, the, in our grocery store, in the store where we live in Hawaii, and we saw that they had these new ones, so we got one of the bars. And we, you know, walked out, and we were in the car, and we opened it up, and we were driving down the highway, and we were like, each took a bite, and we were looking at, we looked at each other, didn't have to say a word. We did a quick U-turn, went back, pulled in, got six boxes of the things. They are awesome. 100 calories a piece, no sugar. Delicious. Wonderful. <laughs> so, again, I don't feel the least bit deprived. If I want a soda, I'm going to have a diet soda. Uh, if I'm at home, I'm going to have the Zevia sodas, which are sugar-free. I love uh, and, and They're great. Your local health store have them. All natural. Uh, stevia sweetened. Uh, bon appetit. Enjoy. So, mm-hmm. pleasure is good. Pleasure is really healthy. Mm-hmm. And the fun thing is you can have pleasure and do it in a way that is healthy for you at the same time. Good and good for you. I got two questions real quick uh, from listeners. What would you use in the place of regular flour for your baking if you had a gluten intolerance? Someone has just been diagnosed with that and they want to still enjoy their cake or whatever. I'm going to take a pass on that one, because, I'm, but I'm going to take it from a different angle. You know, we hear everybody talking about wheat and gluten intolerance, and mm-hmm. think about it. You know, for most of human history, wheat was the staff of life, not the stuff of allergies. Um, so why are so many people having all these sensitivities to gluten and other foods? Well, it's because about 40 years ago, the food processors learned that if they destroy the enzymes naturally found in food, well, those enzymes are what ripen the food, and they get a really long shelf life. So, for example, ear of corn, normal shelf life, five days, and it turns brown. Uh, corn flakes, shelf life, five millennia. I mean, you know. um, the problem is that they didn't realize that the enzymes present in the food were critical for proper digestion of the food. Mm-hmm. So what happened is that people are eating the food, and even though our body makes a certain amount of enzymes, the pancreas and salivary glands will make some of the enzymes, they're not enough by themselves. So especially as people start to get in their 30s, 40s, 50s, as the body starts making less and less of the enzymes and less stomach acid, um, what happens is we have trouble digesting the food and it becomes indigestible, so we get indigestion. In other words, you eat the food, you chew it, goes down to the stomach, and instead of like after an hour being all digested and ready to pass into the intestine, it just sits there, sits there, sits there, because it has to get to a certain point of digestion before the stomach will open the gates into the small intestines and let it pass. Um, and it sits there, and after about an hour of just sitting there, your stomach says, this stuff's not digestible, and it hits the return to sender button, and now you get mm-hmm. this acid reflux. And what do you do? Instead of learning to eat uh, food that has enzymes, you go ahead and you take an acid blocker. <laughs> 
We have two components that digest our food predominantly. We've got acids in the stomach and we've got enzymes. We don't have enough enzymes, so now we turn off the stomach acid. And now the food doesn't is non-digestible. And it sits there, and eventually the stomach will let it pass, because unless you throw it up, it's not gonna, all going to come back on you. And you have these partially digested proteins that are going into the intestine. And meanwhile, because of uh, candida or gut infections from the excess sugar and antibiotics, and you, you know how when your skin is intact, things don't go through. Mm-hmm. But if you got a scrape, you know, stuff can pass through the skin barrier. Um, same with the intestine. If you have increased intestinal permeability because of the gut infections. So you have partially digested proteins, increased the, and the border patrol of the stomach of the abdomen that normally says what shall pass and what can't is not working. So you get these partially digested proteins going into the bloodstream. And mm-hmm. the definition of a partially digested protein is called an antigen, which means it triggers allergies. Uh, your immune system has to attack it, and it will, one, exhaust your immune system over time, and two, uh, make it attack those foods, uh, which mm-hmm. is what food allergy is. So instead of having a, a gluten-free, sugar-free, corn-free, soy-free, uh, food-free diet, <laughs> um, what I'm going to tell people to do is clean up your digestion. Uh, good okay. plant-based digestive enzymes, animal-based enzymes do not work worth a damn to digest food. They need to be plant-based enzymes, complete chest. It's a whole host of really good ones. But as long as they say 100% plant-based, you in- increase stomach acid support. Uh, you can use this vinegar salad dressing. Uh, interestingly, colas are the same uh, acidity as stomach acid. They're pH of 2. Uh, so you can take a Zevia cola. You don't want the sugared soda because it's that's, that's toxic. Um, but diet sodas or Zevia Cola will help improve digestion. So you take that from the plant-based enzymes or some betaine hydrochloric acid tablets from your health food store. They're going to improve digestion. If you have uh, spastic colon, gas-floating, diarrhea, constipation, sinus problems, that means you have candida, treat those. You treat that, and a lot of the, the gluten sensitivity is going to go away. And then once you've treated those, you still have to tell the immune system that now this is okay. It's kind of like hitting the reset button on a computer program uh, that's from going haywire, and you finally find a place that says you store factory defaults, and you hit it, and now it's working again. Um, you can do that for the immune system using a special technique called NAET, uh, non-Budrapod Allergy Elimination Technique. So N like Nancy, A-E-T like Tom. Go to NAT.com, find one of the 10,000 plus practitioners worldwide near you, and they can treat you for the 10, 15 common food allergens. It's a 20-minute simple acupressure treatment. Uh, each one knocks out one allergen. Um, and after about 15 treatments, you're going to be able to eat food again. And instead of having to give up everything, now you can say, hmm, which of these pastries do I most enjoy? Because most food great. allergies are not celiac disease. Uh, they're mm-hmm. because of poor digestion. Beyond that, there's many nutritionists who really know how to tell you how to do a gluten-free diet that will taste good. I am not one of them. (laughs) Okay. Well, last question is, which is better or which do you like better, uh, the stevia or the black fruit that is in the, is it nectrice? Yeah, nectrice. The monk fruit. Oh, monk fruit. Are they finally coming out with that? The monk fruit, um, I haven't seen that on the market yet, so I'd love to see that. If it is, that actually tastes more like sugar. Uh, I like the taste of stevia, but not everybody does. And the monk fruit uh, stuff, if it's the one that I had done in the past, 
Uh, I had actually asked the company to send me information, but that never got to me. So um, I'm going to say if it's the one I'm thinking of and it tastes as good as it does and, it's, and it has very low carbs, um, I'm going to say that that's really worth trying. Send me some, please, <laughs> or at least the name of it, <laughs> um, so I can order some online and try it out. Well, thank you so much, Jacob. This has been a great information. I know a lot of people and myself are going to be able to use a lot of what you've said. What do you have coming up for the new year? Where can we find you? Well, here's what's coming up for the new year, Sabrina Marie. Um, it hit me that most practitioners from different health disciplines have not a clue what the others are doing. And I, you know, I was sitting there thinking, what would happen if you took an MD, a chiropractor, a naturopath, a nutritionist, uh, and an acupuncturist, and you put them around the dinner table? It would be like hmm. five different languages and religions. They would they wouldn't even know what to say in the mm-hmm. beginning because they have they'd have no idea what the others are doing, and that insulation from each other is really toxic for patients, people. Um, so we have a new network for any health practitioners out there. That means anybody working with the public, health coaches, um, anybody who's working with the public, helping with health. Uh, we have the Fatigue and Fibromyalgia Practitioner Network. It's a free forum. It's a Facebook like that we're launching this month um, where practitioners can come online and compare notes with each other. Also, they can ask me questions. I can answer them, and I'm happy to guide people with things. And they can share with each other for different kind of conditions and, in general, what things they find to be most helpful and how they look at health and and treating illness. Um, As a bonus for uh, joining, for practitioners joining into the network, uh, we have a buyer's club that's negotiating discounts of 75 to 10% off of supplements they may carry, off of office supplies, and things like that in general. So we are we already have a good number of companies that have joined in. We're going to be having a lot more, and it's free. You know, so um, and then we'll also be training practitioners of all stripes to treat fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome. So those are courses. That's one of the courses that's available through the network uh, for the referral. So this is my current project: is to um, you know get different health professionals, stick them around the uh, internet dinner table, and just have them talk. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. So we're, we're having, we have a good time. You know, you know me. You give me an hour, and I'll find all kind of ways to get myself into trouble. Um, <laughs> can I give people a quick recipe for simple things they can do to optimize energy in general? And, yes. Um, so here's simple ways to optimize energy. Uh, first of all, the American diet. What am I looking forward to? Oh, sucks. It's just horrible. Half of the <laughs> calories have been wiped out in food processing. Literally, half of the vitamin. I'm not half the calories. Half of the vitamins and minerals. All the calories are still there. So we've lost half of the nutritional value of our food. Um, uh-huh. So most people, it's a good idea to take a good multivitamin mineral. Most are not. Uh, the one that I like is called the Energy Revitalization System. Um, again, everything I'm going to mention here you can find on most health food stores. I carry them on my website also at nfatigue.com. Easy to find. Energy Revitalization System. It's a powder. My morning energy drink. One scoop of that. And then we have a recently published study show that another special nutrient called ribose. Uh, it's usually sold under the brand name Corvalin would be the most common. But any any brand is fine as long as it's a powder, not a capsule. <clears throat> and I, I do a five-gram scoop of the corvalin of the ribose, and I add that to the vitamin powder each morning. I add water, and I stir, and I take one tablet that supplies my fish oil needs. It's called Vectomega. One pill of that replaces eight pills of most fish oils in terms of the essential fatty acids that you need. So I will go ahead and wash that down 
and I also will chew one coenzyme Q10, 200 milligram tablet. Um, and I wash that down with vitamin powder ribose. It's the best 30 seconds you will spend all day for energy and being healthy. You will find within the month, most people, our study showed an average 61% increase in energy. And it's uh, from the ribose itself. So this is a simple routine in the morning to do that will leave you feeling incredibly healthier. And basically, we talked about how this century has its own challenges, and that is the diet is awful. So this is a simple way to replace what's missing from the diet in terms of vitamins, minerals, nutrients, essential fatty acids. Um, it just makes it really easy, and it's cheap, um, and you're not taking handfuls of pills all day. So that's one simple thing. Step number two, get your sleep. Aim for eight hours at least a night. Number three, go for a walk. Step number four, choose to pay attention to things that feel good and to withdraw your, your attention from those things in your life that don't feel good. So, Happy New Year's, everyone. Happy New Year. Thank you so much.